Hello and welcome to Just Needs, a podcast where we talk about parenting children with disabilities. I'm your host, Christina Kozik, and let me just say, I'm so glad you're here. This podcast is a project of Exceptional Lives, a nonprofit organization that supports families like yours. You can learn more about Exceptional Lives at our website, www.exceptionallives.org. Friends, this week, I am so excited to be bringing you another interview. Today, I am talking with Mr. Raymond Jetson. He is a president and CEO of Metromorphosis. He's also an elder and a former state legislator. He's also the former CEO of the Louisiana Family Recovery Corps and has worked with the Louisiana Department of Health and Hospitals. It's very clear that we can see that his heart leads him to his work. But today we're going to be talking about his most important role, his role as a dad. Mr. Raymond, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Christina. I am grateful for the opportunity to share with you. Absolutely, absolutely. So I've had the privilege of um, hearing from you before when you did a webinar for us, and you um, talked to us about your beautiful family. Can you tell our listeners about about you and your family today? Well, thank you so much. So my, my family, my immediate family, is my wife Tammy of thirty six years at this point. We have. Uh, a a 25-year-old son, uh, Jeremy Lewis, and uh, the the queen of the house uh, is my soon-to-be 33-year-old daughter, uh, Jerrica Nicole, uh, who was uh, diagnosed with Cornelia Delane syndrome um, at birth. And as I oftentimes share with people, Jerrica Nicole uh, has taught me some of the most important lessons I've ever learned in life and opened some of the most valuable doors that I've ever walked through in life. Oh, that's amazing. Um, you, you know, when we did the webinar, you shared you shared um, just these different stories about Jerrica and your family, and, and we got to see some great pictures. So I'm going to have a link to our webinar in the show notes for our listeners who maybe haven't had a chance to see that. Um, But in that webinar, you really explained how to build a village or a community for your child. And you laid out three really important parts. It was building people, building places, and building presence. Can you explain kind of what those are and why they're important? Well, thank you so much. These are... uh... Three, three critical uh, elements. I, I have uh, a picture that's in my office, uh, that's in my study at home, uh, which is a picture of Jerrica surrounded by four beautiful little girls. Uh, and it's a moment where Jerrica is wrapping up six weeks of summer camp where she had no adult or near peer supervision. These young girls uh, helped Jerrica to navigate um, summer camp with only their 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 support. Uh, and uh, it, it was in that moment that I realized the most important thing that I could do in life was to recreate that in rolling scenarios where she was surrounded by people who knew her, uh, who cared for her, uh, and who made sure that she was okay. Uh, and, and so that's been the goal. And, and we talk about three things, building people, building places, and building presence. 
And so who are the people that are around your family member? And in, in our instance, Christina, our, our children, who, who are the people who inhabit their world? And how do we help these people to, first of all, know this human being? Not a diagnosis, not a list of this or that, not as being disabled or, or having disabilities or neurodivergent, or none of those things. Who is this human being who happens to show up in the world in this way? And so I give support staff lots of stuff to read, but I also talk uh, to them. And so, for example, the young lady who supports my daughter now, uh, uh, Jerrica Nicole, uh, walks to the door about the time this young lady comes each day, and we have a glass door and so she can see out. And Jerrica has started making a particular noise to let me know that Dominique has arrived. And so I shared with Dominique that you've reached a special place because you mm -hmm. have your own sound. Uh, mm -hmm. Jerrica lets me know when you are here. What I am attempting to reinforce with her is that Jerrica communicates through sounds. She communicates mm -hmm. through gestures. And so you need to listen closely. And she has begun to do that. And so how do we help people begin to understand how our loved one shows up in the world? How do we give them the information? How do we, uh, in some instances, become gatekeepers uh, right. of, of, of people who are around? But, but for those people who show up and are open uh, to help them uh, to, to understand. And so how do we build these people? But then how do we build these places? Where are uh, the, 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 the spaces that our loved ones show up in, either by necessity or by preference? And how do we begin to impact and influence those spaces? You know, obviously, for a whole bunch of years, that was school. Uh, and so how do we show up in school? I, I was a pastor for uh, 23 years uh, uh, of Jerrica's life. Uh, and, and so uh, how do I influence that environment? Uh, right. Where does she like to go? She likes to go places where there are music. One of her support staff uh, for a while had a boyfriend who played in a band. And so Jerrica would go to their band rehearsal. How do I uh, make easy. certain that that space uh, is accommodating to her? How do I help them understand that she needs to sit in a certain space because if she's too close and you just jump into a song, that's too much stimulus for her and she's going to react. And so how do we identify the spaces where she likes to go? She likes to go to the library. Well, Jerrica doesn't understand. She doesn't, right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so how, right. how, do, how do we help her navigate that space and build that space where the librarian who works there knows that that's Jerrica. Right. And, and, and how can we help her be more comfortable? Uh, but then lastly, building the presence, uh, allowing your family member to exist in the world as their own person. Uh, and so, you know, one of the things that I have been really intentional about is using social media to share Jerrica with the world. Uh, you know, I, I, almost every day I have a memory that shows up on my Facebook timeline that's Jerrica. Uh, at the end of the year, when my social media says, here are your top 10 uh, things for the year, right. 
nine of the 10, if not all 10, are, are Jerrica because she's built this, her own little community of people out there who believe that they know her because they understand that when she smiles, her whole face smiles. Uh, yeah. that, 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 that when she's upset, she injures herself. I mean, I've shown them how she has uh, broken skin on her face and her arm and talked to them about self-injurious behavior and right. what triggers it in Jerrica. Uh, and so people feel uh, as though they know her. And uh, we will be driving down the street. One of the things that we do when the weather allows is drop the top in the convertible. She loves it. Uh, yeah. but, 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 but we'll be driving down the street and somebody that I will not know will pull up and say, hey, Jerrica, how are you? Uh, and, and so just building this presence so that people know uh, this individual who happens to show up in the world different. Right. I, I can, I mean, I have in my own family done these things without realizing I was doing these things. Um, you, you know, we're very, we're very involved in, in our church ourselves and we've been um, at our church since, I mean, my son was since before he was one and he's about to be nine. And so people that may not even know his name, they know who he is. They know who yeah. his parents are when they see him running around. Um, you know, they, they know who he is. And, and, I, and most people know his name because we've been there for so long, but we've done these things without even really realizing we were doing them. And I think I've been, if I'm being honest, I've been trying to be more intentional about building people around my son since your webinar. And since you kind of laid these, these pieces out for us, because we, I, we're transitioning this year from elementary school to middle school. And so it dawned on me about halfway through the school year that these people that I built around him in the school building are about to be gone. Right. And we're about to go make that transition. And so I've I've been trying to be much more intentional with like, okay, who are these, who, who, who are these people that are going to be in this next stage of of his life for these next couple of years and just being intentional with with building um those people and and I really thank you for kind of laying this foundation out and, and kind of helping me personally put some names to these things that we're doing and also helping me stop and think and put a little bit more intention behind it so that way um if if there's like I said we're making a transition in life I can go okay now I need to focus on people or maybe now I need to focus on places and, and that's been very helpful to me personally. Um, well, th thank you. Allow me to just yeah. say real quickly, you said the word and some, some version of the word uh, three, four times in, in the last minute, and I really want to name it. And it is being intentional. Yeah. Uh, th this requires an intentionality. The world around us is not set up with our children in mind. Yes. And so if our children are going to feel uh, present and, and, and valued and, and, and able to be their, the best version of themselves in the world, we have to be intentional about impacting the world in a way that creates space for that to happen. Yes, absolutely. I could not agree more. <laughs> That's something that, you know, I, I have shared and said 
um, you know, in another episode. And it's something that I share and say with people very regularly is, you know, this world was not set up for, for neuro, I, I always use the term neurodivergent, but the world was not set up for neurodivergent individuals. It was right. set up for neurotypical people. And so we have to accommodate our children and sometimes even ourselves. So that way we can be, like you said, the best version of ourselves. And um, I I just, I want to share with you real quickly, the story that you shared in the webinar, you were, um, so I don't know if Jerrica still uses it, but you had mentioned that Jerrica was using um, an assistive technology device to help her communicate. And so you shared the story about her in church and she used her device to say something along the lines of that she was done and she wanted to leave. And she did this while you were preaching. (laughs) And it was, it was endearing to me because I've been there. Um, I've had that where I've had to kind of look at the crowd and go, well, on that note, we're out of here. (laughs) And, and the thing that was, that was really kind of made me stop and reflect is I've had a different reaction based on where we were or who we were with. If we were in those places or with those people that we've built that I would call is our community, nobody bats an eye, right? There's no embarrassment that I might feel or and anything like that, we just go, oh, okay, well, on that note, we're out of here. Uh, talk to you guys later. But then there's also been places where, you know, people don't know my, our family, they don't know my son. And, you know, I don't want them to think that he's being rude or disrespectful. He's just, he's, he's done. And so it, it really illustrated how important it is to have that community and also to accept that this is your child and they're living in the world and they are a human being. And when they're done, they're done. And that's how they're going to tell the world. And that's okay. There should not be any shame or guilt or embarrassment with that. And, 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 but there are those moments where, the reality is the way the world experiences our family members makes us feel uncomfortable. And, 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 and that's, and that's okay. Uh, You know, 30, I took Jerrica, Nicole to, 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 to get a, a, to a doctor's visit uh, recently. And as we were walking in, there were, there were these little girls uh, sitting over as we were headed to the elevator. Uh, and as has happened for 30, soon to be 33 years, uh, people focus in on, on you know, Jerrica's uh, stature. She, I mean, she's 4'1 and weighs 70 pounds, even though she mm-hmm. has this almost full head of gray hair now. Uh, you know, she has, uh, you know, three three fingers on one hand, four on the other. Uh, and, 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 and she just presents uh, differently. And I could tell the little girls were, were, were staring. And, and, you know, almost 33 years later, there's still moments that that makes me feel uncomfortable uh, mm-hmm. with, with children uh, and with adults, quite candidly, I get mad uh, right. still uh, <laughs> yeah. at, 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 at times. But uh, 
But the thing that I can best do for Jerrica is help people, those who are open to it, understand that this is who she is, but this this is a human being. The the moment you reference, I mean, we were we were in church. Jerrica had a had a uh, device, uh, assistive uh, communication device. Uh, that she was pretty skillful at, at navigating. And one of the prompts on there was, I am ready to go now. Uh, right. And her, uh, her god sister uh, was the voice, was Jerrica's voice for, for a whole bunch of years. Uh, and, and so, I mean, I was beginning a sermon or early in the sermon and had one of, one of, one of my really important pregnant pauses where there was this quiet in the room and you heard this 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 little voice saying, "I'm ready to go now," <laughs> and everyone just laughed, you know, because they knew that this was right. my 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 daughter. Uh, and but but it was just a a really special moment. She does not use the device anymore. Uh, we had a moment in our home where, when she came home, she would put the device on the counter uh, and navigate it, and she was telling me by gesture that she was hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I walked her over to the counter where her device was, uh, asking her to show me on her device what she was trying to say. And she just stood there and she looked at me. And the expression on her face was, you clearly understand <laughs> what I want. Right. Why, why do I have to touch this thing? I'm done. I'm not touching it anymore. You know what I want. Get me some. And she just stood there and she would yeah. not touch the device. And at that moment, you know, she was done with <laughs> right. that device uh, because the things that were really important to her, she felt as though she could communicate them well enough that people who were around her with any regularity would understand how to meet her needs. And I mean, that's. That's that's amazing. I've um, you know, I'm learning more and more about communication and communication styles. Just as a side note, and to be able to to hear this, that you know, she she's developed her own her own language, her own way to communicate with y'all and with you know her support workers and the people around her, the people that you know you've you know you've placed around her, and that. She, that's that's amazing that she's she's able to do that, and um and that you and that you guys accepted that and didn't like force her to have to continue to use something she didn't want to use. Yeah, but th- this is the moment, you know. The, that that's one of those really important moments in life, Christina. That I would encourage, uh, you know, your listeners to really hone in on, because we had an important decision to make at that point. We could have insisted that Jerrica continue to wear this device uh, and press these buttons and record and update prompts uh, because that was the way that the world would be most comfortable in engaging with Jerrica. Or we could allow Jerrica to be most comfortable in herself and then doing all that we could to help people understand here is how she communicates. She does not use words, but if you will watch closely, you will know when she's hungry. You will know when she wants to go to the bathroom. You will know 
uh, if she wants something to drink. You will know if she wants to listen to music. You'll know if she's done with you uh, in, in that <laughs> moment. That, that, you know, those things that help her navigate the world, that get her basic needs met. You'll know when she's ready to go. She'll go stand by the door uh, right. and look at you. Uh, and, 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 you know, if Which, you listen to her noises, I mean, she makes a lot of grunts. And so if you listen, there are different pitches, there are different tones uh, that's, that communicate, I am happy. I'm not happy. Right. Uh, I don't feel well. And all of these things she can communicate in her, in, in Jerrica. Right. And so how do we help the world understand Jerrica because her receptive communication is through the charts. She understands really well. It is her expressive communication that we have to step in and, and, and help bridge the gap between the way Jerrica expresses her communication and the way the world is able to comprehend that. And we won't be able to, 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 to help the whole world understand Jerrica. But building the people who are around her, right. helping the spaces conduct themselves or show up in ways that allow her to communicate and sharing this presence where right. people uh, un understand what these things mean when they happen. That's, yeah, that's perfect example of all of that. Yeah. And yeah, thank you for sharing that. Well, before we... Um, kind of finish up here. I just, I wanted to ask you, you know, these two questions. So we're kind of getting ready to go back to school here really, really quickly. And is there anything that you could share? I'm going to ask this kind of in a two-part question, but is there any, anything that you would share with teachers and therapists that teachers and therapists could do to help support families? But then also, is there anything you would share that parents can do to help teachers and therapists know more about their child and support their child. So th thank you for that. Uh, at varying points in, in Jerrica's journey through school, uh, we were either really excited or dreadful about going back to school, uh, depending upon where she was, yeah. who was surrounded her. Uh, Jerrica had a middle school uh, a teacher, Ms. Narva Smith, and I, I thank God that I had the opportunity to run into her by happenstance at a, at a, at a doctor's office recently and got to share with her again just how much my family loves and treasures her because of, 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 of what happened in Jerrica's life for those two years uh, that, that she was uh, with, 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 with Mrs. Smith. Uh, there were other moments where you know, it, it was it was dreadful uh, to to anticipate what was going to happen. Uh, but 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 the thing that 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 I would share uh, as you are going, uh, your 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 son is getting ready to go to middle school. You know, the the thing that I would do is is I would go to the middle school and I would do some intelligence gathering. Uh, you know, I would go and talk about and introduce my family member, but I take a really good look at the school uh, and the way that, that, that it operates uh, and understand who, who are the people 
that, that I need to, to inform. Sometimes it's important for the teacher to really be informed and in who I, who I, who our loved one uh, is, uh, but also that web goes much further. Yes. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, I'd make certain to spend time with the principal, the assistant principal, but I'd also go and talk to the people who worked in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. My child loves to eat. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and so the cafeteria was going to be a big place in, in her mm-hmm. life in school. So I'd go talk to the people in the cafeteria and share with them that even though she's tiny, this little person eats a lot. Uh, and so don't be surprised if she wants more. Uh, there are some things that she won't eat. And so talking to those folks and giving them an opportunity. And when I'd bring Jerrica to the school, we'd go to the cafeteria and I'd allow her to meet these people and these yeah. people to meet her. So they knew who Jerrica uh, was. Uh, the, the custodial staff. Uh, at the school because my daughter sometimes will wander and if she gets really aggravated she'll leave out of a space real quickly and so if the custodial staff was out in the hall and saw this little person gallivanting down the hall I wanted them to know who she was and how best to approach her uh, in ways that 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 lessen the 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 anxiety of the moment rather than seeing this adult running at her grabbing at her, which would only heighten it. Uh, and, and, and so just really thinking about who are the people and, you know, the same notion of, you know, building people, building spaces, building presence. How do I do that now uh, in this school? And while teachers are critical, that network, my daughter mm-hmm. loves music. I'd ask to meet with the music, with the band, if there was a band director or a choir, is it okay for my child to come in from time to time and just sit in and be a part of this? And so building yeah. that, really being, here's that word again, intentional right. uh, about building uh, 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 there. Uh, and, and so helping helping them to, to, to do the best. I, I think, and here, here's the last thing that I'll say about kind of the professional environment, really being clear on the expectations of the professionals, the therapists, you know, who, who, who engage with your family member right. and, and making certain that that therapy aligns with whatever other private or public therapies you may be accepting uh, so that they are actually building on one another rather yes. than being totally separate or worse than that, being damaging to what you are otherwise trying to accomplish uh, with with your loved one. Uh, Lastly, I would say to parents, uh, be a royal pain in the butt when it comes to writing the the, the plans (laughs) of care, the 504 plans and the other stuff. You are the expert on your child. Yes. The other people may have credentials, uh, they may have titles, but you are the expert on your child. Be comfortable in that and insist, insist that that be acknowledged, that, that you may know your craft, but you don't know my child like I do. So we are going to talk about what works and what may not work 
from the position that I know my child. And yes. if we can't agree upon that, then we need to end this and set it up another way. Uh, and, 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 and just really lean into what works. I apologize for the long. No, no, I, <laughs> I love it. It's all, it's all great. It's all stuff that, um, that if I'm not doing already, uh, you know, we'll definitely uh, take to heart and, and start doing, but I mean, those are things that I, um, I tell people, you know, myself is, you, you know, you are an expert in your child and, and, um, you know, you're also an active member in their, in writing these plans, in their schooling, in their care. And, you know, I just, a, a, a shout out to the custodial staff and all of those other, you know, uh, quote unquote, essential workers that we have in the school system, because those, they really do play a huge part in our children's lives. Um, we also had a custodian for the last, however many years my son was in um, elementary school that when he was having a really hard time, they might go grab him and he would come and talk to my son. And I mean, he, he's just a big teddy bear. You know, he's also a father. And it was just one of those people that they knew yeah. could help kind of talk him off a ledge without having to go bring in some of those other professionals like the counselor or the assistant principal that when my son would see, he would become defensive. But when he would see the custodian, he would, you know, kind of calm down and know, okay, we're, I'm safe, we're good. And so, um, yeah, those, those are all huge, huge players in um, our kids' everyday lives. I mean, they'll, when they're in school, they spend more time at school, in the schoolhouse than they do in our house. And so yes, having yes. Um, relationships with all of those people really is important. Um, but yeah, is there anything else that you would like to share before we, before we wrap this up? One last thing. Many, many years ago, a very dear friend of mine uh, gave me a, a, a paperweight or something uh, that was a stone. And the words that were written on it uh, was prepare the child for the path, not the path for the child. And I realized somewhere along the way that that actually worked for my son that the greatest thing that I could do for my son was to prepare him for the path rather than trying to orchestrate the path around him to work for him. But for Jerrica Nicole, I had to do both. I had to prepare her for the path, but I also had a responsibility to try to prepare the path for her to show up and be her best. And so I'd say to, to any parent or family member out there, uh, that both of those things are important. Prepare your family member for the path, but also prepare the path for your family member as best you possibly can. Ah, well, Mr. Raymond, I, <laughs> that that's a beautiful, beautiful little nugget of advice there. And thank you, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, well, on that note, I uh, thank you again for being here. And, you know, we... I, always love talking with you. You always have so much great information to share with us. And um, I can't wait to to uh, see you in person and maybe even meet meet Jerrica, this, this larger than life 
um, <laughs> person that I keep I keep hearing about and seeing pictures of. But um, on that note, yes, thank you again. And thank where you. can people where can people find you, Mr. Raymond? I, I am active on the social medias on all of them. I am at Raymond A. Jetson, J-E-T-S-O-N. Uh, and so please reach out to me, uh, Bill, Facebook, Twitter, threads, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Instagram, <laughs> LinkedIn. Uh, uh, so, so yes, so please feel free uh, to reach out to me. I'll share whatever I uh, possibly can. This podcast was hosted by me, Christina Kozik, for Exceptional Lives. You can also subscribe and follow the podcast at our website, www.exceptionallives.org forward slash Just Needs Podcast. Our website has articles and guides and a disability services finder for Massachusetts and Louisiana. We'd love for you to follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Exceptional Lives. We're also on TikTok and LinkedIn. Just search for Exceptional Lives. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening.